Hi everyone, I'm Daisy. And I'm Elsa. Welcome to our podcast. Advice of what not to do. Where we talk about our life experiences while you listen and learn from our mistakes of what you shouldn't do. P.S. No legal advice provided. This is for entertainment purposes only. Hi guys, welcome to our next episode sponsored by Servitax NC. Remember to go to servitaxnc.com for all your tax needs. Hi everyone, so this is episode 5 of Advice of What Not to Do. What are we going to talk about today, Daisy? Today we're going to talk about marriages. So it's going to be like a, a spinoff of Advice of What Not to Do, and we're going to talk about what not to do in marriages. I think this is interesting because... We've both been married or or are married me <laughs> yeah so one of us is divorced and the other one is separated going through a separation yeah so i think that we have a good concept of what not to do in marriages because ours obviously failed <laughs> so you can learn from our mistakes <laughs> hopefully all right so we're going to go over some points um and then we'll just talk about them I have a list because I guess I'm always prepared. I'm a list taker. <laughs> I'm going to just go with the flow. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. What not to do in marriages. I put um, don't expect them to change when you start dating. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. From the get-go, don't expect someone to change. Um, oh, But then at the same time, like, you do change, though. No, well, oh. don't expect them. Like, I guess when you're dating or you're um, engaged or whatever, don't expect them to change um, into who you want them to be. Like, the little things that might bother you or the big things oh, once yeah. you guys get married. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, I don't know if anyone... Well, in my case, I did not live with my partner before we got married. We never lived together. But I could already see some things that, like, bothered me. Like, for example, just not like organizing your space and things like that that I knew I was going to have to deal with but when you start living with someone it, it those little things become like yeah big a bigger issue yeah um and you can't just expect them from like de un día a otro de que oh they're going to start putting their stuff away or they're going to start doing their folding their laundry I mean I don't even fold my laundry <laughs> it's like but. small small like things become actual character flaws yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you You're can't right. expect them to change their who they are yeah you gotta marry them thinking that the person who they are right now is you know what you're marrying not their potential that's right yeah because uh, yeah again like i saw a lot of potential in my partner and um we even had an agreement that he was going to go back to school you know you remember yeah. that and that didn't happen and it, it kind of like he tried but it didn't happen to the way where i felt like i was also intellectually fulfilled and you know i graduated so um that was one of the things and then vice versa he expected me to change wouldn't you say that yeah definitely and i mean change does happen but i feel like you need to look at their base of who they are morals values and also, mm -hmm. you know, character that they've had growing up. And I can talk about this a little more, like, personally and why I didn't change um, necessarily. So one of the big things with no, our relationship. You changed a lot. Well, but for what he wanted. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I mean, we both changed. 
How did I change? You changed a lot. You went from being like a church girl, like church with life, to like not. But in 2000, okay, let's go back to 10 years ago. In 2012, when we graduated high school. Oh, oh, oh wait. Hold up. Let's talk about how long we were married for. Okay. How long were you married? I was married for roughly five years and dated them before we got married for around a year. I dated my partner for two years before we got married, um, maybe like one and a half by the time we got engaged, but we got married in 2014 and it's now 2023. And we both got married so in our 20s, almost at 20 years old. Yeah. So I almost made it to the 10 year mark. Yeah. <laughs> so that was our background. Yeah. What were we saying? <laughs> you were saying about character um, that you've changed. Oh, how have I changed? Okay. Well, wait, wait. No, because you said, okay, I used to be a church girl. Blah, blah, blah. But I think from that perspective is more like from what I was like in high school, which is kind of, if you guys are getting to know me, you heard about the Purity Culture podcast. That was like my background. Um, but when I went to college and started college, I feel like I started opening up a lot more. And even with my boyfriend at the time, which was, was my husband um you know we did things that i don't think you know normal quote-unquote church girl daisy would have done yeah but that's because i guess that's stuff that he he liked you know that he liked about my i just think he went from like 90 to like 20 in church like wanting to go to because he used to go to church like three days a week he used to play in the church group he used to be a leader all that stuff and then by the time you guys got separated, you, like, didn't even want to be going on Sundays. Oh, yeah. Well, that also has a lot to do with him. And he, he did the opposite. He got more involved, huh? That's Yeah, that's exactly why, like... Don't expect them to change to who you want them to be because they are their own person. Um, and, you know, if maybe you want them to be a different person, then maybe there's another person out there for you that is what you already want already yeah i mean okay another point of what not to do when you're in a marriage um is allow disrespect and this is all my personal daisy's personal experiences opinions but i feel like if you allow disrespect or you become disrespectful towards your partner in the beginning then that's just not a good or even at any point in your marriage um that's just not not good it's not it's definitely not to do yeah <laughs> don't risk don't disrespect your partner don't disrespect yourself by allowing someone to disrespect you um i mean i think that this this is like good good advice not to do just in general in life uh you guys know as somebody that works with adolescents i have to deal with this a lot like the kind of disrespect that they mm-hmm. be giving each other and be giving me and you know you experience that sometimes we have to set boundaries we have to set boundaries we have to set expectations of how we expect to be treated um within our relationships friendships and once they cross mm-hmm. that line just you know communicate to them mm-hmm. don't wait until it gets worse oh for sure and then expect them to you know stop doing that bad habit of crossing whatever boundary is disrespecting you and and disrespect can look different because oh it's just not it's not only words you know it's not only like 
oh, te ves fea con esos pantalones, or whatever. I mean, like that might be disrespectful for somebody. Right, right, but it's not just that is what I'm saying. Like, it's also people's attitudes. It's also people's, like, uh, like because when I when you usually think of disrespect, you think of somebody saying something to you, is what, I, what I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking also, like, actions. Actions. So how can actions be disrespectful? Um, Like, if I find that you texting your female co-worker is disrespectful, mm-hmm. and that's a boundary for me um then they should like you know uphold that correct even if they don't think it's disrespectful if you've communicated that that is yeah and vice versa if they tell you you know i really don't like it when oh like i really don't like it when you pick on me in public like in front of other people Mm -hmm. um and you don't really care about that you're like the joking type And that's something that happened in my past relationship. I'm like the joking type, you know, mm-hmm. and he would get uh, past marriage and he would get upset whenever I would like joke about him to other people. He would say that that's like, I don't know, calling him out. I don't know. But, but anyway, it was disrespectful. It was disrespectful. Him. Yeah. So those are just some examples. Yeah. So even if you're not intentionally trying to disrespect that person or they're not intentionally trying to disrespect you. Um, it's still being respectful of their boundaries and, and their feelings and just all around trying to be a better partner. An example as well would be like if um, if the if you guys set a level of respect to be at don't be yelling at each other mm-hmm. um, during arguments or us keeping the tone calm and respectful, then if you let that keep happening in your marriage, it'll start off at um, you guys talk to each other like, a little bit loudly then it turns into yelling then it turns into um you know throwing stuff physical mm-hmm. violence mm-hmm. it's just it's just what happens when you're with somebody that long and you get comfortable and you allow these things yeah yeah for sure what's the next point the next point don't <laughs> stop don't stop going on dates oh yeah don't stop i mean oh my gosh i don't stop romanticizing your relationships because that's when things start como dice Shakira no fue culpa tuya ni fue culpa mía fue culpa de la monotonía and I mean we talked about it as well in our last episode where um you know we kind of get a lower um like a lower thing of what a date is mm-hmm. so if before when you were dating You guys were going out on trips. Expectations. You, yeah, yeah, going out on trips, doing all these adventures. But then, you know, you get married, you have kids, or you just become more busy with, like, bills and, you know, work life. all life. Yeah. Um, don't make it to where, oh, now our fun dates will be at home <laughs> watching TV <laughs> with the candle on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That happens. And I feel like, at least in my marriage, um, it kind of... The romance dimmed out. The romance the, dimmed out. The sparks weren't flying. We shouldn't have excuses for that. Yeah. No, I, I feel the same. Y eso que at least, you know, you had kids. I didn't have anything. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I feel the same way. As soon as that start, like, I have to start begging you to go out with me, begging you to, like, have fun with me, or I want to do something and you're just not into it, or you want to do something and I'm not into it, then that's kind of like a warning sign. Yes. Um, another thing is neglecting friends and family. Mm. Um, and this is some, I don't think Daisy did it as much because she was only always a really good friend, even while she was married all those years. 
But I know that's something I did a lot where um, I just became so wrapped up in my little family with my husband and my kids Mm -hmm. that I just started neglecting my friends, my family, um, or, you know, letting him say, like, spend all your time with me Mm -hmm. or vice versa. If you're the one saying, like, I want my hubby to be or my, you know, other spouse to be with me all the time. Yeah. And and it's totally different from like quality time because I feel like quality time is a big thing for me, but like all around with my friends, with my partner. Um, but when you're like limiting your interactions with other people or como sea, it's still going to affect your your well-being and your mental health. I think it helps a lot to have like tight friends and family, somebody that you can talk to about your relationship. Mm-hmm. So you won't keep it all to yourself because that, I don't think that's healthy either. It's not. Um, mm-hmm. Then you can become so wrapped up and things that might s- start being fine to you are actually, you know, it might be bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just keep it at that. <laughs> um. Yeah. Another point is the opposite, putting your family ahead of your spouse. Oh, yeah. Like putting anything ahead of your spouse, because that's when you start feeling neglected also. Like going back to the, the to the date nights and stuff like that. Like you've got to make sure that you're intentional with your time and your plans and putting work, putting, um, you know, your friends, partying, whatever it is ahead of the other person um that's not fun i think this happens a lot with um you know let's say you have a mother-in-law that is very Mm -hmm. close to her son Mm -hmm. and she's you know being all metiche into the relationship Mm -hmm. and she's like mijo do this for me spend this time with me or like the in-laws are like come visit me every other weekend or like coming to your place every other weekend. <laughs> and then that causes you not to have time with your spouse. Yeah. Because you're so wrapped up on pleasing, you know, your family or their other family. Yeah. Um, I think, and that causes, it causes, um, como se dice, like resentment. Yeah. Towards the, your spouse's family or friends that's doing this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they probably love that person a lot. There was a time where I I feel like I I was guilty of this kind of putting something before my marriage, um, and we went through like a rough patch because of this. It was right when I was graduating college, um, so I was like really focused on school and my sorority, and he was resentful, and I and I know like he stayed resentful for a good minute, um, and also because you know communication. <laughs> yeah, communication is key, um, and. I mean, we're not saying let go of your friends and family. We're just keep like talk about your boundaries. Talk about, um, you know, what a good, what a good, what was it called? I forget words. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast where you forget words. <laughs> yeah. Have it's just good boundaries, communication, boundaries, commu- yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> all the good stuff. Yeah. Um. Oh, and another thing that has to do with this, but not really, is spending, I think something that you shouldn't do in a marriage is spend 24-7 together. Well, yeah, that's going back to like not neglecting your friends and family, but yeah, like you don't have to do everything together. It's kind of cringe. 
It's kind of, I mean, for me, I'm a very individual person. I love spending quality time with people that I love, but when it comes to like my own time, I also need that. Like I need my girls days. I need my, uh, I don't know, like just my time for myself. I think in my, my ex marriage, I really struggled with this Mm -hmm. because I was a stay at home mom Mm -hmm. and student. Like I, so I, I, um, you know, got married my third year of college um, I was finishing up my internship and my, you know, studies. And so he worked and I ended up just doing online classes at home and then having kids. And I just became a stay at home mom, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than like my kids and school on the computer, I didn't have much of a life outside of him, outside of him. And mm-hmm. I think that was <laughs> so bad. Mm-hmm. yeah that was really that and mm-hmm. it really makes you codependent on yes. the other person and and we we know codependency is not good so he would tell me about like his day his work stuff and like he already knew my whole life yeah um there was not much to talk about on my my end and i think that's another thing that we should have some kind of like not mystery in your marriage I mean, I, I think I'm talking more personal about this. Yeah, that's fine. Um, like, I, I think we should have some kind of mystery in your marriage. Like, when you're dating, you know, um, it causes some... Because sometimes jealousy is, like, a little bit of a good thing. Something to keep it alive. Alive, yeah. Not, so much, not so much, like, jealousy, but just, like, have something to look forward with with your partner. Yeah. Yeah. If they know, like, my ex-husband, he knew everything. Like, everything... So it was like we would sit down and go out on our date nights. Like, Mm -hmm. what would we talk about? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like, you know my whole life, dude. And I don't know. It becomes, keep some of that mystery alive. Some people say don't be like pooping in front of your husband. (laughs) Have some kind of mystery. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fart. If you fart, you're not a princess. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess it's whatever your relationship, like how you guys started. Think about that and try to keep it going. I've never seen the mystery about that. Like the more comfortable I am with you, the better. But but at the same time, I I get it. I get it. (laughs) I mean, I never could poop in front of anybody. I know. I can't even poop while talking on the phone. (laughs) I have to hang up. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Next episode, we're going to talk about our bowel movements. Another thing, don't let grudges build up. (laughs) So holding grudges, according to Google, means (laughs) that there's unfinished business in your relationship. I had to look at what like grudges mean in relationships. Mm -hmm. It was hard for me to explain it. To express yourself. Yes. Um, It says, it slowly eats away at the core of your love. Mm that's true i mean i can think about some grudges and just like small things like you start to i guess like you were saying like nag nagging the person like you never do this you never do that for me and like a lot of that or yeah i can just i i think of it it comes and goes but like you hold grudges over like dumb stuff or 
for example, hey, I've been asking you to do this for a month and you haven't done it. Um, it builds like resentment and anger. Yeah. Something small that's being held for so long builds and builds into anger. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you can let it be petty, mm-hmm. um, nagging. Another grudge could be like, let's say when you were dating, um, you guys had a Ross and Rachel moment mm. and y'all, you know, split and or even in, in your marriage or even someone, in your yeah. marriage but even like the less ross and rachel moment mm-hmm. they ross started dating somebody else um <laughs> when he was with or he slept with somebody else while he was with um on a break on a with, break with was rachel break. <laughs> <laughs> um and that like that can spill over onto your marriage if it's not handled true if you think that you're not going to be able to get over that I mean, some people say, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. Mm-hmm. That's going to eat away, and it's just going to become bigger and bigger sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, honestly, I, I kind of felt like that with the um, person that was my partner's first love or his first whatever, because I knew about it, and I knew that she kind of reached out to him a couple of times even when we were going out. So I was resentful about that, Yeah. And it, it did it affect you even onto your marriage? It did right now, like towards the end, because part of me thought like, you know, maybe now that I'm letting him go, he'll go back to the, you know, who person or mm. whatever. But even though like she seems to have her life or whatever, I, like I've never talked to her. But, you know, it's just something that's always in the back of your head as a girl. Like, yeah. And especially when they tell you, like, this is my first love. So you think you might be able to get over it, but it might be bugging you. And whenever you guys are having a rough patch in your marriage, Mm -hmm. um, it'll come back to haunt. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So no holding on to grudges. Communicate well. Communicate with them as early as you can on what you feel is disrespectful to be saying. If you don't want them talking about their exes because you know it's going to be eating at you, even though you're really curious on what happened in their past. I mean, I I pretty much, I remember getting to know my husband when we were dating, and I, I remember asking him about, like, all of his, like, history with girls, with dating, um, and obviously he had a lot more to, to share than me. <laughs> That was also part of my resentment. That's, that's, I think a lot of people can relate to that. So I think it's really important to be intentional when you're dating somebody and if you're looking for something serious. Mm, Okay, so I looked online and a survey found that the top 12 reasons for divorce or like separation reasons, number one is lack of commitment. Do you think there was ever a lack of commitment in your marriage? uh yeah he cheated so Mm. that's a big (laughs) that's a big (laughs) lack of commitment (laughs) oh gosh what about constant arguing or conflict yeah after he cheated (laughs) that's number two (laughs) i I kept being mad and resentful about that i'm like a really chill person so once you cross my boundaries Mm -hmm. um you know i held that to heart yeah Yeah, and it's going to cause a lot of conflict. And I mean, for me, it was something totally different, but still along the lines of like there was something in our relationship that we couldn't get over 
that we kept going back to and we kept going and and maybe this is just me my communication style my healing process i don't know but if i can't get over something and you're not really helping you're still pushing it then that's gonna cause more conflict i'm not even gonna lie when he cheated the first time mm -hmm. i i gave him a i left him you know we went to marriage counseling i gave him a second chance i you know for the kids i tried to forgive and not forget <laughs> <laughs> and that worked well for a little bit until he started acting sus sus and um you know all that came back to haunt and i started being the nagging um wife mm -hmm. and then that is actually number three is infidelity but you know infidelity comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes it's not just cheating we'll we'll do another episode about that infidelity yeah yeah um, number four, which I feel like was mostly my case, marrying too young. I got married at the same time as you. Mm-hmm. But we got married for kind of different reasons. But oh, just yeah. marrying too young, I mean, I don't know. I, I... It could go both ways. Yeah. <laughs> you could grow together. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about in a previous episode, where you could grow together and like um, be create an even bigger bond in life through that, mm -hmm. or you can grow apart. Yeah. Yeah, marrying young is, is a hard boat to be in, though, altogether. What were you saying, or did I see it on TV, where you don't, um, you don't, your brain doesn't, like, fully stop developing, like, who mm -hmm. you are until you're 25? Yeah. yeah, I think you were telling me that. I don't know. Probably saw it somewhere. Anyway, number five, unrealistic expectations about your partner or marriage. How are our expectations for marriage in general? It's, it's like what we were talking about, like, yeah. don't expect them to change. Yeah, but, like unrealistic expectations for marriage i feel like a lot of us have the expectation that when you get married like yeah todo se va a solucionar and also a lot of people think like that about having kids yeah i was about to say yeah, that yeah like you know even if you're going through a rough patch in your marriage like oh i'll have a kid and it'll it'll be uh rainbows and sun and you might assume like, that because you guys are getting married your financial stability is going to be even better with mm -hmm. like two two, two incomes, incomes. Mm -hmm. um but then you know it might somebody might get sick mm -hmm. and if you you got married with these expectations yeah then that would really and you know the opposite happens mm -hmm. or if you have these expectations of a perfectly like kids household blah 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 <laughs> and then one of your kids comes out to be like silver tooth kid <laughs> what does that even mean <laughs> like a badass oh. kid <laughs> oh, and then no. you know you guys start struggling with that or you know things like that then yeah just unrealistic and uh, a lot of it is also like unrealistic ideals of a partner because who you date what we expect as women and for guys too unrealistic expectations in the bedroom mm -hmm. you know like i just a lot of that stuff like it's like if, if you didn't want to do butt stuff when you were married <laughs> i mean and like dating how is the guy gonna expect that you're gonna want to do butt stuff just because you're married <laughs> That's just an example. That's just an example. <laughs> but stuff. <laughs> God. Okay. <laughs> what else? We have to Google. Can you say? Um, inequality between partners. Inadequate preparation for marriage. Oh, I guess it's like if um. Well, I see it as if you're like 20 years old, and your husband is like 
30 or 40 for the inequality inequality and prepared for marriage preparation for marriage but inequality can also be like well i guess going back to those expectations also because if you expect somebody to be like a stay-at-home housewife or like you know you expect the house to look a certain way all the time but you're also not doing your part that's like inequality in my eyes it's like if we're both working, we're both cleaning the house, bro. Well, it said inequality preparation for marriage. No, it says inequality between oh. partners. Oh, I was reading the next one. Yeah, inequality oh. between partners. Yeah, yeah, that you're right. And then the other one is inadequate preparation. <laughs> <laughs> inadequate, <laughs> inadequate preparation for marriage. How do you even get prepared for marriage? <laughs> Well, like how I was saying, like if a 20-year-old a is married to a 40-year-old, the 40-year-old yeah. is a lot more ready for marriage. You're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do be looking for a sugar daddy. <laughs> okay, number eight is a no-brainer, domestic violence. Yeah, and you need to, and that's like another thing of being prepared for marriage. You need to be aware Mm-hmm. in some level of what domestic violence is and what is a healthy relationship mm-hmm. so if you get married and you've never been in a healthy relationship it can be tough that can be tough um i mean i feel like i know a lot about domestic violence because of what i lived through as a child um so without getting too personal <laughs> um my mom was married to somebody that was very um, emotionally abusive and also physically abusive. And that whole situation, just not good. It's not good. For me, it was the opposite. Um, I, my parents had a really good marriage. It was like really healthy mm-hmm. as far as I could tell. And then um, whenever I got married and he was being emotionally and financially abusive, mm-hmm. I didn't realize those red flags Mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared for a marriage like that. And that's that's what it comes with, inac- inadequate preparation. Um, also, financial problems. Financial problems is like number nine on make, the list. I think make sure that you know your husband or your fiance's debts. Oh, yeah. Before you get married. Uh, yeah. At their debts, their credit score. like Their spending habits. Yeah, their spending habits because... That creates grudges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. No, no, no. I want to talk about this. Okay. So <laughs> when I was married, I didn't, we were young, right? Mm-hmm. So we had nothing, no debt, no, <laughs> no savings. No anything. Same. No anything. So um, we didn't really know about each other's financial habits. And then turns out that he is a big spender. Mm-hmm. Well, he was. I don't know how he is now. He was a big spender. Didn't and you just say he got a, a whole arm sleeve? That's yeah. Still, you're still spending a lot of money. <laughs> That's true. He's got like a nice truck and all that. He's still a big spender, I guess. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Whatever. But we were broke back then and he would be a big spender. Mm-hmm. And I was a big saver. And so I would be like skimping out on things I wanted because I wanted to buy a house and like, you know, mm-hmm. be financially stable. stable. Yeah. And he would be like, going out shopping and buying like appetizers <laughs> which yeah. to me is like <laughs> we don't need an appetizer why yeah. are you spending your money on that yeah and like that would cause a lot of resentment for me like dang mm-hmm. i didn't buy myself like a nice shampoo mm-hmm. um, because i'm trying to save money and you're like out spending this money yeah it was just an example just an example yeah some financial problems 
thankfully was not a part of my marriage um money well no not at the beginning oh yeah i mean we were still in college when we got married both of us <laughs> you guys were both i like, wasn't no i'm saying like me and you were both in college no but you guys were both like in, in an mismo. oh yeah so we were in the same boat um when we got married we didn't really know what was going to happen next so we kind of just went day by day or month by month como como sea and um, until I graduated, and then we kind of were able to level out, and but you know, you, you guys had house. like the same the same financial goals. We had goals together, but a lot of that was um, also a burden on me because it's like you said, like I, I was the one that was doing all the saving and the accounts, and basically it was like I was an accountant hmm. for us, um, which also tends to be a burden um and yeah i feel that because in my next relationship i'm gonna want whoever i talk to and i mean my next marriage mm -hmm. i'm gonna want whoever it is to be also financially on par so we can make decisions together yeah um number 10 conflict about domestic work <laughs> that goes back to what i was saying about inequality i mean if you're working and i'm working don't don't expect me to do the dishes every day we we had the really good agreement up until a certain point that whoever cooked wasn't going to be in charge of cleaning so who like cleaning the kitchen that day so if i cook you clean if you cook i clean like it was just very simple like that um until some other people got in the way i okay so for me it was um what was it conflict about domestic work yeah domestic work for me that involved children I thought he would be a very present dad, mm. like, you know, helping give the kids baths, um, you know, feeding them, being up at night with them. And I assumed I was wrong to assume mm. <laughs> that just because he had like a bunch of siblings and was the oldest. Again, the unrealistic expectations. Yeah. <laughs> just I assumed that just because he, you know, had all those qualities that he would hold up to them. Mm -hmm. And it, it also caused a lot of resentment <clears throat> for me because... I was doing all the the parenting as in like mm -hmm. the the physical burden yeah number 11 is lack of family support um i don't know if we ever dealt with that i mean that definitely wasn't a reason for my divorce or my separation i feel like my my family supported a lot like when it came to my kids mm -hmm. like they would pick they would um watch the kids whenever we wanted to go out and do something mm -hmm. but his parents were never really around for that mm. and so whenever he would like get upset with me about you know like my mom or my dad or whatever mm -hmm. i would be like how dare you get hacked to these parents when they're like the only ones helping they're the only ones helping mm. us like they're doing so much for us yeah and you know that was rough and number 12 religious differences <laughs> do well this is where my little christianity voice comes out don't be unequally yoked <laughs> <laughs> this one says by ugol i don't know who that is if you and your partner have different values it can be tough to find common ground um and if your partner ridicules or demeans your religion early in the relationship or tries to convert you away despite your expressed disinterest it may be an indicator of future conflict. So for me, a lot of it just has to do with our like our morals, our values. Uh, 
certain things that we can't see eye to eye on that, you know, until a certain point he might feel offended or I might feel offended. But that definitely was one of the big things in our relationship because as I deconstructed my beliefs in Christianity, um, he did not. So we were not going through that journey together. We were not spiritually on the same page and that affected us a lot. And for me, um, I met my ex-husband at a Christian camp. So I assumed he was really Christian. And that turned out not to really be the case. He was just going to meet girls, maybe. I don't know, having a fun time. <laughs> um, so, so I was like really into, you know, reading the Bible and learning about God. And he was just like, it wasn't the same. And, so religious differences. Yeah, I mean, he was okay. He would go with the flow, but um, y'all weren't on the same. I way. had I had like the fear of God, let's say, and like cheating. You know, mm-hmm. I had the fear of God that God says, "Do not, you know, no adulteres, blah blah blah," and he didn't have that fear, and maybe that's why he didn't uphold it. Maybe if I would have dated a Christian, like a real Christian guy, like mm-hmm. your ex husband. <laughs> <laughs> He said he did, he didn't or did that stuff because because of the fear he, of the God. fear of God. The fear of God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, are there any more like not to do's in your marriage? <laughs> oh, there's I mean, there's still a lot that we didn't mention, but we at that 40 minute mark. So don't forget to go to surveytaxnc.com for any of your tax needs. Peace. <laughs> thanks for tuning in this week to our podcast tune in each week to listen to a new episode of advice on what not to do muchas gracias